Hello everyone, what is going on? And welcome to episode 60 of A Need to Read. That is a mental number. That is enough to listen to one episode a day for 60 days. Can you imagine it? I can't believe I've chucked out so many episodes, if I'm honest. So thanks everyone for listening. It's been a while since I've said that. Absolute legends. Um, you keep me pushing forward with this podcast, which is great. And not to get too deep, but it's changed my life. So thank you everyone that listens to the podcast. You're all legends. Now today's podcast, um, it's another book review. I just want to go into the subject. Um, some people might be wondering, probably aren't, that I haven't got any guest episodes um haven't had for the last couple episodes and i won't for the next couple either because i'm trying to find people to speak to in real life as opposed to over zoom because my internet here is not great but that being said i do have two zoom podcasts coming up towards the end of december which are going to be very very good with very cool guests and it's going to be interesting topics and I've got a couple of real-life ones lined up, but it's just not for a couple of weeks. Um, the thing about trying to find guests in Bali is um, the majority of people here chat shit, um, I find. Because I'm keeping my eye out on Instagram to like try and find people to connect with and, and speak to. Um, and it's proven more difficult than I thought it would because it just seems to me... Maybe that's me being a judgmental bastard, but it just seems a lot of people chat shit. And I think if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I try not to do that. And if I'm chatting shit, it's not about me being great at anything. If anything, it's more about me being shit at stuff and just talking about things that I don't know all that much about. Um, because there is no... no um, there's nothing fun about being the smartest person in the room. You always want to be the one asking the questions and trying to learn. Um, but there's a lot of people that think they are the smartest per person in the room in this country. And if you just heard that, that was a bird in my roof of my thatch studio because I'm such a professional. Anyway, I'm going to get into the book review in a moment. Good thing about this book is it made me get in contact with my therapist and organized therapy session um just because it was so intense and i hadn't spoken to her since i'd left um well i've had one session since i've been out here and we were going to do it on like a two to three week basis but i, I had to get in touch honestly because this book just hit me in the soul and the good news is if you read this book i can get you 10 percent off therapy um so i'll do a very short sponsor um segment today the sponsor of this podcast is better help and BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people around the world. If you go on their website, you can see all their testimonials. If you wanted to speak to a therapist, it's cheaper than going face-to-face. -face. It's great for your brain. You're matched with someone in 48 hours. If you don't like that therapist, you can change them. Have I said about the 10% off? Yeah, I have. Therapy's fucking great. I'll keep it short. If you want to get therapy and you want to go somewhere where millions of people have already been before and it's helped them get happier or to accept their life or to change their way of thinking, then go to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and then you get 10% off. And honestly, 
if you feel that you're ready to read this book, because it is quite intense, maybe get a therapy session after. So I'll start with the book. You know the name because you can see it in the title of the podcast, but it's called Awareness, and it's by a guy called Anthony DeMello. Um, And he kind of writes in a way as if he's attacking you, Um, but I think it definitely comes from a good place. Um, He's dead now, just to let everyone know. I don't know when he died, but um, I did look for an email because I wanted to invite him on the podcast. Um, But, I mean, current restrictions mean that you can't speak to the dead. So I couldn't get him on. But let's talk about the structure of the book first before I go into it, what it actually says. Um, short chapters. We all know I love a short chapter. Keeps you engaged. You can just pick it up and put it down whenever you want. Um, so it's maximum like five-page chapters. I think the longest was about seven in this book. And in terms of, like I've said, this book was quite intense. I had to take it about ten pages at a time because um, it really, really makes you think and makes you inspect like every part of your life it's a very introspective read and there are some really harsh truths in there um but also ones that should push you on um just to be a generally a bit of a better person um i would say this is like well lucy lord shout out to lucy lord hopefully you're listening if you're not doesn't matter then but she said that Anthony Tomello is if like Eckhart Tolle had banter and you know what I think Eckhart Tolle's missing apart from a listenable voice it's probably a bit of banter um so this book is brilliant it's not for you if you're just starting out having a look at spirituality though because it is very very intense and you'll probably be offended by some of the things that are said in there but I think the more you look inwards in life this is the thought i had the other day the more you look inwards the more you realize that you're nowhere near a finished article and that you're probably a little bit of a piece of shit i I know a couple friends that agree I'd, i'd love to hear if everyone else listening agrees with that because i don't think there's anything wrong with thinking you're a bit of a piece of shit because it just allows you a bit of room to grow allows you to know where to focus your energy in terms of becoming less of a piece of shit. And if we can all become a bit less of a piece of shit each day, brilliant, we're doing a good job. Well, there's those little rants out of the way. Let's get into the book. So it starts off with a really nice story. And I'm going to read this story out to you, and you can come to your own conclusions. So a man found an eagle's egg and put it in the nest of a barnyard hen. The eaglet hatched, and the brood of chicks, and grew up with them. And all his life, the eagle did what the barnyard chicks did, thinking he was a barnyard chicken. He scratched at the earth for worms and insects. He clucked and he cackled, and he would thrash his wings and fly a few feet into the air. Years passed, and the eagle grew very old, and one day he saw a magnificent bird above him in the cloudless sky. It glided in a graceful majesty among the powerful wind currents with scarcely a beat in its strong golden wings, and the old eagle looked up in awe and said, Who's that? he asked. That's the eagle, the king of the birds, said his neighbour. He belongs in the sky, and we belong to the earth. We're chickens. So the eagle lived and died a chicken, for that's what he thought he was. And what he says about that is, like, are you thinking you're something or else? Are you limiting yourself with your beliefs? Are you aware of the heights that you can fly to? I think that's a very nice story because I think we're all potentially being chickens in a world where we can be eagles. 
um, you might not be, you might think you're an eagle, but what if you could go higher than an eagle? Whatever does, whatever goes higher than an eagle, I don't know anything about birds, but think about that. Whichever one you think you are, maybe you could do more. Maybe you could be more. And that's what he says at the start of this book. And that's a nice thing to say, I think. To say to someone that they underestimate their potential is a good thing. It's just a lot of people don't like to hear it. Um, but that is a great story. Now, when it comes to the title of the book, Awareness. Awareness is something I don't believe awareness can be taught. I think you can grasp the concept of awareness and then you make awareness look like whatever you want it to look like. I think it's based on the individual. And uh, I think that, weirdly, because um, Anthony DeMello thinks that and I've read his book and I like that idea, so I attach to it. Um, but you, you can't learn it from someone else. What awareness looks like for you could be completely different for me. Um, so just be aware that it's not something that can be taught. I think it's a journey that you go on and it definitely doesn't happen overnight. I think it took the Buddha like a month of meditating and fasting to become enlightened. And if you can't be bothered to meditate and fast for that long, then it's going to take a little while longer. Let's talk about ego. He talks a lot about ego in the book. And I was introduced to a concept that I hadn't really seen before and I think I'm very guilty of. And that is having a spiritual ego versus like a normal world ego. It's still an ego at the end of the day, which is sad because there are certain things that I wouldn't do or I would choose not to do because I don't think it aligns with where I am in terms of like spirituality or I may potentially pass judgment on others for things that they would do that I wouldn't do. And I've now realised that that is my ego at play. So there we go. I'm a piece of shit. I've got a spiritual ego. So watch on your journey of becoming a little bit more spiritual. If you fancy going on that journey, watch your spiritual ego doesn't come into play. Because, I mean, if it does, then people might just think you're a bit of a prick. Because it's still an ego, regardless of where it comes from. Now, when it comes to having an ego, I'd say the, like the telltale sign of someone having an ego is that they think they know too much. And what Anthony DeMello says in the book is that our tragedy is that we think we know too much, so we never discover. I think, do you know what, that actually relates quite nicely back to the fact that I think everyone is a bit of a piece of shit, including myself, of course. Um... I think if you don't think you're a bit of a piece of shit, maybe you think you know too much. I was actually on a date once. Um, this is a side story, nothing to do with the book. And I introduced this idea of thinking that everyone was a bit of a piece of shit. Um, and if you think the same of me, as me, about everyone being a little bit of a piece of shit, then definitely don't say it on a date because it did not go down well, honestly. Because some people really don't think they are pieces of shit. And I envy those people. But, yeah. When I said, everyone's a piece of shit. And so he said, oh, no, I'm I'm not. And I was like, yeah, well, you probably are. Because everyone is. What would make you any different to anyone else? And, oh, my God, that does not go down well. If you want to go on a date and for it to go well, do not call them a piece of shit. Even if it's indirectly. Because it doesn't go down very well. But also, if that is your truth, speak your truth, brother. That's my sidetrack side story. 
Anyway, we all think we know too much and we never discover. People aren't curious enough. People don't look into things that they're a bit afraid of, i.e. spirituality. So if you think you know too much or you think you're better than it, then you will never discover. And I mean, it's worth dipping your toe in. I would definitely say when it comes to spirituality because it's made my life better. The meditating side of it, reading books like this, it definitely makes you look inside. And it's it's great. Like Here are a couple of ideas from the book. Now, some of them you'll agree with, some of them you won't. I found there was a lot in this book that I agreed with and there were certain parts I didn't. It's worth noting that this book does... It's written from the point of view of a... I think it's some line of Catholicism. So he does talk about God and he talks about Jesus, but he also talks about the fact that you should renounce God for any hope of like spirituality, which is quite a good idea, really. Get rid of the idea of God and let God live through you if you believe in God, which I don't. But usually that will put me off a book, and it hasn't really with this one, which is quite good. But here are the ideas. Selfishness. So let's talk about that. Selfishness is something people see as a bad thing, and you would you would insult someone saying this selfish. But do a little thought experiment for me here. If someone you loved said to you, "Oh look, I'm I'm not going to do this thing that you've asked me to do because I'm choosing my happiness over helping you," would you think that was selfish? Or if someone left you in a relationship? because they needed to leave you to be happy would you think that was selfish you probably wouldn't but if you said to someone i'm choosing happiness over you you would feel selfish but you wouldn't really consider them being that selfish for being the same thing or i wouldn't personally so it's, it was an interesting part of the book for me because we judge ourselves so differently than the way we judge others and the stuff we let others get away with, we wouldn't let ourselves get away with it, which is so weird. So I think it's definitely worth having a look at how you judge yourself or treat yourself and just check in and make sure that you're doing it in the right way and you're not being too harsh on yourself. That is one of the key things for stupid birds in this place. I don't even know if you can hear it on the podcast, but they, they actually live pretty much in this room. I've got two rats in this room and a gecko and it's doing my head in but apparently the gecko is good luck and it means you get money so hopefully now i've told you about the gecko all of you who want to buy awareness will use the affiliate link in the description below or go and sign up for therapy with my sponsor because if you believe you deserve it the universe will serve it so hopefully that gecko will bring me good luck but back to the book there's two things I want to get into. One of them is attachment. Attachment is weird. And we attach to all kinds of things. We attach to the idea of that X will make us happy. We attach to the idea of people. And the interesting thing is we're not actually attached to that person as an individual. We're attached to our idea or our ideal of that person which is not something that I thought about too much. Like, you know everyone says, oh, if you love them, let them go. I think after reading this book, I really do agree with that statement. I didn't before, but I definitely do now, because if you're attached to someone, you give them the power to hurt you. 
if you don't attach to this person, if you don't say, oh, if they leave me, I'll never be happy, there's no power there. Then you're not frightened. I think when you're frightened in relationships, be that friendship or like a, um, whatever the word is, romantic relationship, that's when anxieties come into play and that's what probably causes arguments. If you're comfortable enough with someone, if, if, if you love them, let them go, but they, they'll always come back. Not always, but like it's nice to know that when they come back, that means something more. So don't try and control people. If you love them, let them go and don't be too attached. There's my top top three points on that part for you. I want to talk about labels as well. So labels are weird, right? We all have labels for everything. We see a bed. The only reason we know it's a bed is because someone labelled it a bed. There's a quote by a guy whose name begins with J that I can't pronounce, and then it's Krishnamurti, an old Indian philosopher. He says, once you teach the child a name of a bird, he will never see that bird again. And the explanation of that story is that when you, a child is first born, or they're first discovering things, you look at this sparrow for example oh look I've labelled it already but you see this ball of feathers with colours on it they might not have colours I don't know anything about birds like I said and it flies these wings they move up and down and it's in the air so if you don't know the name of this you're so curious like, oh my god look at that fluffy thing flying in the air and you're like, oh, someone's like oh that's just a sparrow then the next time you see it you're not curious because it's just been given a label um and I just thought that was an interesting point in the book. Another part that stood out to me is anxiety, worry, and the fear of death. Now, the fear of death is a weird one. It holds people back. Because you can either get busy living or you can get busy dying. Um, and a lot of people just get busy dying they hold back from things because of the fear of death even though nothing's guaranteed and I know it's cliche um, but I've said it before you can literally die any time you could be walking to work listening to this podcast and get hit by a car and I hope that you don't because that would be very sad and I feel like I might have something a part to play in that I don't want to be an accessory to manslaughter or whatever it is but the point I'm getting at is that nothing is guaranteed and there's a meditation that he talks about in this book where you imagine yourself in your grave. It's a visualisation. So you're there. You do it for about five minutes. And then when you come out of that meditation, it seems like you're a little bit more grateful for life, a little bit grateful more for the experience that you have all day. So try it. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't think about it too much. Just five minutes. Just visualise you in your grave. See how you feel afterwards. Because if it works for you, then that's brilliant. If you can appreciate life more each day, then each day is going to get better and better and better. And your life's only going to get better and better and better. And all it's going to take is potentially trying out a five-minute meditation. Or read the book so you can understand the whole concept of, of what I've been talking about. Even though I know this episode has been a little bit all over the place. Um, but my brain's been all over the place today. And like I said in the last episode about the war of art, it's not the hard thing isn't actually recording the podcast. The hard thing is sitting down to record the podcast. 
And this morning I've been doing all sorts to avoid doing it. And I thought, you know what, Ed, stop being so pathetic and just go and sit down. And I know it's not a great way to speak to myself, but that's just how it is sometimes. Sometimes you've got to give yourself a, a kick up the arse to do what you need to do. I'll talk about one more thing before I wrap this episode up. Um, this was a very interesting part of the book, and it made it honestly, this made me think so much. And this is pretty much the reason that I need need to speak to my therapist and will be speaking to my therapist soon because I want to talk about this with someone that is professional. Um, and I suppose now I'm speaking to you guys about it. But he's really skeptical around charity work and anyone doing any work for others. Um, Lucy Lord, shout out to Lucy Lord again, taught me the concept of giving is living. And you do feel good for giving. But he says that it all comes from a selfish place and that we're doing it for our own self-image. Like people doing charity work for their image. I always think, like, if it's being done, I, I don't really care about the motive. Like, if someone's doing good, they're doing good. Whatever. But, like with many, many people on the internet who always want to look for the negative in something, if you're doing charity work, someone's like, oh, you're only doing it to look good. And there's a concept in the book, and he says, my right hand had no idea what my left hand was doing. Do you understand what that means? Because it took me a little while to get my head around it. Is that you You never do something without knowing that you're doing it. So when you do charity work, like last month, I wrote down one of my goals was to raise £500 charity. And I did it. And this made me think of it. I was like, why was I doing that? Was I doing that to look good? I don't think I was. But maybe deep down, on a subconscious level, that's what I was doing it for. Or do I really, really care about the charities that I was raising money for? I think I do. But now I'm not so sure. Was there an ulterior motive? It's this kind of introspection that this book sent me into. And there are so many different parts of the book. Like I said, there's a lot of little chapters. And they cover loads of different things, like expectations, selfishness, we've already spoken about, being sceptical about charity work, your ego... Whenever anyone attacks your ego, it gets your back up. Because it's not something you want to hear you've got, even though, let me tell you, we've all got one. This is going to be the uncomfortable truth, is that we are all pieces of shit. I said it. I, I said it. I said it at the start of the podcast. I'm just reiterating it now. Everyone's got an ego, and everyone's a bit of a piece of shit. And if you think you're not, then you're probably lying to yourself. And it's probably your ego telling you that you're not. So... If you want to read this book, make sure you don't head into it with a victim's mentality and make sure you head into it with an open mind. Because it breaks down a lot of the societal lessons that we've all learned in life. Even about depression and anxiety. And these are things, that when, when people comment in a certain way about these, I think because I've... I've being being depressed no i've felt depression a lot over the last couple years i get my back up when i hear people go against my ideal for it so it's good it's good for me to read books like this because it challenges my set beliefs i think it's good for everyone to read books that challenge their set beliefs because if you're not reading to challenge your beliefs 
you're probably not going to be that much of a well-rounded person. You're not going to understand when other people have different beliefs to you. You're not going to want to hear it. You're going to be closed off. And a closed mind is not useful at all. So challenge these beliefs. But that topic on, on depression, what he says is that you feel depression. You're never attached to it, which is not a new idea for me. But the interesting part that he said about depression is that it always goes away and it only comes back when you remember that it comes back and it's interesting because my sister messaged me the other day saying the difference between a happy life and a sad life is your memory because you can either just forget things that make you depressed or you can remember them and it's like say I was really depressed and I went to jujitsu for that hour and a half I completely forget the fact that I hated my life or I felt worthless or I felt like a failure. For that hour and a half, I was completely taken out of that zone and my mind was on something else. So in other words, I'd forgotten that I was depressed, which is weird. And there's going to be some people listening to this like, oh, well, it's easy easy to say you forgot that you're depressed. That's how I felt when I was reading it. But when you, you start putting together the pieces of the puzzle, you're like, do you know what? I've forgotten I was depressed before. Or I was forgotten that I was feeling depressed that day. So it's interesting. And I think that's hope for people that are depressed or are feeling anxious. Is that obviously there is always an option for you to forget that. And whether people see that as escapism or whatever. You've just got to do what you've got to do to feel good. And whether that's a little bit of escapism. I mean excluding like doing heroin and, and other such bad activities why not just do it just forget for an hour and if you are pretty depressed and you haven't got anything you can do to forget for an hour maybe think about picking up a new hobby learn to play an instrument do some drawing do some coloring in go and do different sport there's loads and loads of options that you can do to help you forget what you're feeling that day but on that note, that's the end of my review for the book. I haven't really told you if it was good or bad, but I'll tell you now, it was a very good book. It spoke about God a little bit too much for my liking, but the fact that he attacked me so much throughout the whole book and that I was highlighting something having like three or four pages and the fact I could only take it ten pages at a time, that just screams good book for me. It was brilliant. If you're just starting out, looking inward being spiritual all of that farty stuff then don't read this book just yet read something else like waking up by sam harris it's a good place to start a new earth eckhart toll 10 percent happier dan harris there's three other options that will start you off a little bit better than going straight into awareness but when you read it take it slow there's no rush. No one cares when you finish a book. That's also something I've been thinking about recently is people are like, oh, I'm reading really slow. Well, look, as long as you're reading, it doesn't matter. But just don't give yourself the lie that you haven't got time to read because you absolutely do. I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss the other day and the CEO of Spotify reads 60 to 70 books a year and he runs Spotify. And um, if you didn't know, uh, that's pretty big. It's a big, big company. So you've got time to read. All you've got to do is do it like Kevin and Perry. But that is it from me. I've got a little stoic quote of the week for you, and then you're free to get on with your day. 
And the Stoke quote this week comes from Marcus Aurelius, and I think it ties in quite nicely to what I was saying about my left hand had no idea what my right hand was doing. And Marcus Aurelius says, waste no time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. So don't virtue signal. Don't let everyone know what you're doing. Just do the good work. That's it. Just be a good person. Don't tell everyone you're being a good person. Don't virtue signal. Just get on with the job at hand, which is being a good person. But that is it from me. If you would like to stay in touch with me at I Need to Read, I love getting any messages, as long as the feedback's good. If it's not good, I can't be asked to hear it. But send it to me on Instagram, at I Need to Read, with the number two, and not the word. So A, need, number two, read, and that's how you can contact me. I check the DMs every day. I reply to every DM as well. But if you want to be even closer to me, then get on the email list. I'll put a description for that in the bio. And also in the bio will be the information for BetterHelp. So once you've read awareness and you need to get in contact with a therapist, um, head to betterhelp.com forward slash need to read. You absolute legends. Thank you very much for listening. Love you. Bye.